What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Locker Room Hype. As always, I'm James Fairchild. Today, I'm absolutely honored to have the privilege of interviewing current Cleveland Browns kicker and former Oklahoma Sooner great Austin Seibert. How are you doing this morning, Austin? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Happy to have you on. I appreciate you taking the time to interview on our podcast this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, well, let's get started. Our first question. In 2015, out of high school, you were an Under Armour All-American game selection as a kicker and punter. What made Oklahoma attractive to you as a recruit compared to other schools who recruited you? Uh, When I was taking my recruiting visits, um, I honestly, I stepped on the field at Oklahoma and just felt a connection and just... uh, like I knew instantly that that's where I wanted to play. So the facilities, everything was really nice. But as soon as I stepped on the field, it just clicked for me. And that ended up being the the sell for me. So as soon as I just felt, you know, you just get that feeling when you know you're at the right spot. And that's where it was. So, Right. Where else did you uh, take visits to in your recruiting process? Uh, I took visits to Northwestern, Kentucky. I uh, visited Purdue. Went to Illinois, Mizzou, um, so mainly those schools. I had offers from other schools, but those are the ones I've visited. Gotcha. And you're in the top three in scoring in FBS history with 499 career points. You ranked first among FBS kickers in extra points and field goals attempted and were Oklahoma's first ever Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year. You left OU as the all-time leading scorer in school history and Big 12 history. What would you attribute to the success you had throughout your collegiate career? Uh, having two Heisman quarterbacks. <laughs> um, that and then having multiple multiple receivers uh, playing the NFL. And then, I mean, yeah, our offense, uh, just breaking records left and right, getting me out on the field more, and then, I mean, yeah, you got to give credit to all of them because if we didn't have that high-powered offense with the talented guys we had, I'd never be on any of those records. So it's kind of a a whole team deal, if that makes sense. Right. They really kept you busy, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are there any fundamental training methods that you do on a regular basis that helps you stay sharp? Sharp as in a mindset or sharp as in my kicking? Both. Uh, I mean, kicking, yeah, there's drills you can do. Everyone's got different things they do. Um, I have my kind of routines that I've picked up from different guys over the years. And then from a mindset standpoint, it's more just uh, I personally like to keep just like a peaceful mindset, not try and worry, not try and get too high or too low, just stay steady and just realize that I'm kicking a ball and that try and get rid of as much pressure as possible. Right, and your career at OU spanned four years, from 2015 to 2018. And in those four years, you and your teammates won four straight Big 12 championships. What made playing at the University of Oklahoma so special to you? Um, well, one, the camaraderie with our team. Uh, the coaches as well. The coaches treat you right. They treat you good. They treat you as a human. Some places aren't like that. Um, and then just winning. uh the year before I came in, oh, you had kind of a down year, so you really didn't know what to expect, you know. But uh, we came in and 
just started grinding and just found a way to win. And I think that kind of trickles down to everyone at Oklahoma. You always find a way to win no matter what. And if you don't, you won't be playing there very long. So I think that's kind of the culture there. So it needs to continue to be that way. Right. And I've always heard that OU has a well-known family atmosphere embedded into its program. How did that family influence drive production on the field? Uh, more so just because you need that support from everyone. Uh, when you know your coaches have your back, uh, it's easier to go out there and perform because you don't have added stress on you thinking you're not going to play, you're going to get benched, things like that. If you know you're the guy, it's a lot easier to go out there and just be focused on the game itself. And for high school kickers and punters like yourself or recruits out there who are being recruited by the Power 5 programs or Division 1 schools out there, why should they choose to play for a program like OU? Uh, well, one, I mean, if you look at the offense, offensive track record, there's no better offense in the country right now. And then with the coaches there on defense right now, they're rebuilding the defense. Special teams was solid. Um, still got to just keep what we were doing when I was there. Uh, Gabe blocked down field goals last year, but kickoffs and punts need to get a little bit better. Um, and they'll do that as they get older. Um, but then defense, rebuilding that defense, you put it all together, you're, we're going to get those wins in the playoffs and not even be close, you know. So I think just sticking with it and getting these recruits in and stop letting the SEC try and, you know, dictate where they're going and come to a school where you're going to get treated right, you're going to play. Um, things like that. And I don't, I don't know what all the SEC is doing, but uh, I know Oklahoma does it the right way. And people who come to Oklahoma and play at Oklahoma are going to have better opportunities and better chances of being successful in football and in life. So. It is evident that OU is really picking up the pace with the defensive side of the recruiting in recent years, and I hope it continues I'm a huge Sooner right, fan, yeah. and I'm currently getting my, my master's from OU, so I really want want to see within the next two years a resurgence of defense get back to OU. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's coming. It's coming. I think so, too. I really like Alex Grinch. He's a really great coach. High enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. He's just one of those guys that has a motor that doesn't stop. Yep, and I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, our defensive players have to make the plays, you know? So... A lot of it comes down to those guys just being in the right spot, studying the film, doing, going the extra effort to be the defense that they want to be. So I put a lot of emphasis on those guys, and they should, and they will. But, um, yeah, I think that's a big part of the defense being successful. Like my freshman year, we had a pretty good defense. All those guys were putting in work constantly. So I think those guys there now are doing that. So that's good. All right, looking forward to it. Now, you had the privilege of playing on the same team as some of the greatest college football players to ever step foot on the gridiron. From your perspective, how critical was the leadership of players like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray to the success of Oklahoma's program throughout your career? Oh, it was, it was definitely good, but it's more of an on-the-field kind of leadership, you know, uh, not backing down, finding a way to answer always, um, things like that. And that's very contagious when you're playing. So, yeah, I'd say that was the, the biggest thing is on the field uh, leadership, just always knowing that they're going to get it done. Uh, and then that just trickles down to everyone else on the team. If he's going to get it done, I know I have to do my job. 
Were there any times where maybe Baker or Kyler's leadership stood out in some of the most important games that you can remember? Um, I mean, other than scoring touchdowns when we needed them or getting where we needed to on the field at a certain time, um, other than that, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that happened numerous times. So those would probably be the key moments. You had the opportunity to play for both Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. In what ways are they alike as coaches and what ways are they different? Um, I feel like they're very similar. Um, they recruit really well. They're very personable people, very smart, very respected. Um, I guess differences would be Bob was more of a defensive uh, mindset, whereas Lincoln is more of an offensive mindset. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't really notice a whole lot. I mean, I guess Bob taught Lincoln a lot on um, how to run the team and just things in different ways to coach a team. And I see a lot of what Coach Stoops did uh, with Coach Riley. So I think there's not a whole lot of differences there. It's just they're really good coaches who know how to win. So right. It seemed like Bob Stoops really mentored Lincoln Riley in a really positive way. It seems like Lincoln Riley was a sponge and just – implemented a lot of things that Bob Stoops taught him over the years and it's yeah, really absolutely. it's really showed throughout you know the three years he's taken over yeah absolutely in what ways did Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley make you a better player in person uh, I'd say well giving me the opportunity to kick in games um, allowing me to start as a freshman was big uh, and then just you know kind of believing in me and uh, making practice schemes and stuff uh, better for me and more game-like Making it as game-like as in practice as possible allowed me to transition two games easier. And then just knowing that they're going to let me kick field goals uh, was big as well. And they believed in me was was really big. So Were they pretty hands-on with you in practice on a daily basis? Uh, no, they weren't. But when it came to the structure of practice, they changed that stuff around. So, yeah, that helped a lot. You played in a ton of huge games in your career as a Sooner. As a kicker, did you feel any added pressure when kicking in those monumental games in the Cotton Bowl against Texas or kicking in Bedlam against Oklahoma State? Uh, no, not really. The bigger games are the ones that I felt the less pressure on because I knew I was ready and prepared and had to perform. Uh, it's the easy games, like against Kansas and things like that, are the ones that are hard to stay hard to stay focused in because we're blowing them out, you know. So playing those tight rivalry games uh, were definitely easier to maintain focus and stay locked in uh, and you grow and learn as they as you progress throughout college how to stay locked in the whole game so that's interesting me as just a outsider looking in I would think that those games would be so much more difficult you know you you've done this for you know your whole life so I could see how those moments you're just so prepared for that when they come you know exactly what to do yeah absolutely who would you say you dislike more, Oklahoma State or Texas? Texas. <laughs> Without a doubt. What, from your experience as a player, what made those rivalries so intense? Uh, well, I don't really find the Oklahoma State game a rivalry. It's more of a little brother type deal, always nagging at you, thinking they're good, and they're really not. Right. Uh and that's like as serious as I could be about that. They're they're nowhere close to what Oklahoma is. Um, and then Texas, they just always run their mouths. And uh, 
I mean, I don't know. I have no respect for Texas, the university itself, or anything like that. Um, just because I know how their players are, and I mean, we punch them in the mouth. So that's I was three and two against them. Um, so I have the advantage there. But yeah, I just think they're overhyped, overrated. They bring in big time recruits and don't develop them. And I mean, that's that's just stating some facts right there. So. You're, you're right. I was at the uh, OU Texas game this past season and it got pretty chippy there before the game. The referees threw a unsportsmanlike on both teams. It was pretty surreal. Yeah, yeah, that's Texas for you though. Yeah, they did a lot of talking, but they couldn't back it up. Nope. What are some suggestions you would give to other kickers who are in a slump or struggling to earn a starting role? Um... Well, if you're in a slump, you just need to keep kicking, go back to the basics and study some film and stay positive. Um, for guys who are trying to get a starting spot, uh, you just have to outwork the, your opponent. You know, you can't let him outwork you. You have to be the one staying there late, doing extra drill work, watching extra film, things like that. That's going to give you the advantage. You know, that's how I look at it. Last year, Gay Burkich, he was second behind, I can't remember the, the guy's name. But he had gotten in some trouble. Yeah, yeah. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to a, a guy like that? That's just right there. He's so close, but yet he's not the starter. How how can you elevate yourself or catapult your own uh, talent to get to where you want to be with that starting position? I mean, at the end of the day, you have to make kicks, you know. Uh, and throughout camp, Callum made more kicks than Gabe, and it was kind of clear cut right there. You know, you can't give someone the spot just because. Like, they're on scholarship, and Callum uh, ended up beating Gabe out, so they gave it to Callum and then uh, had some issues there. But uh, then Gabe came in and, and made a bunch of field goals, which is great. Uh, so hopefully he can continue that. He's turned out to be a great kicker. I, I really like his swagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he had last year was his first year, so he's still got three more left. Um, and... He did great, but at the same time, he didn't have very many long field goals either. So for him, he's got to stay humble and just keep doing what he was doing last year because he rolled into a pretty smooth operation, sitting behind me for a year, and then having Connor McGinnis as a holder and Casey as a snapper. It was kind of a flawless operation that I had developed over the last three years. So that definitely helped him out, and now it's going to be up to him to make sure his holder's right and snaps are right he's got his own smooth operation, if that makes sense. Right. Hopefully he can continue the production at a high level. Absolutely. How did you keep yourself so poised and calm in high-intense situations as a kicker? Oh, you have to. I mean, if not, you're not going to be very good, you know. Uh, I just repeat three things in my head, whatever I'm working on that game, and then go out there trying to be calm and calm, cool, and collected and just make a kick, you know. What would you say your most proudest moment as a Sooner was? I mean, winning four Big 12 championships is pretty neat. And then becoming uh, the, the leader of points scored? Uh, no, I don't really care about that too much. Probably being Big 12 player of the year for Oklahoma, that was something I really wanted. I see, I felt like my junior year I should have gotten it, but they gave it to Michael Dixon, who I'm not a very big fan of, uh-huh. uh, from Texas. Um, so... I think I clinched what was mine my senior year, so that was definitely something I wanted to do. Right. I bet that was huge for you. 
Yeah, yeah, it was big because I was pissed off my junior year that I didn't get it. Which kick in college was your most memorable that you can really reflect on that brings back just some of the best memories? Uh, probably the Tennessee game. My first road game uh, was sold out, like 110,000 people. They broke their sound record, double overtime. That was probably my favorite game. That was a great game. You guys yeah, came back. Baker had a huge moment. It was just it was just an awesome all-around team effort because I think it was going in the fourth quarter, y'all were down 17-0. Is that right? Yeah. 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 In a hostile environment like that, it's hard to come back. Right, exactly. Now, after leaving Oklahoma, you were selected by the Cleveland Browns in the fifth round, 170th overall of the 2019 NFL Draft. What was draft day experience like for you as a kicker? Uh, it was good. Uh, not a lot of kickers get drafted, um, but I went through the process, did really did really well throughout the whole process of the combine, the senior bowl, pro day, all that. Um, so it's just kind of a waiting game. Uh, you just wait around all day waiting for a phone call, and I got my phone call and was uh, very happy to get picked up by the Browns. Did you have a huge get-together with all your family? No, no. I had. I was at our recruiting coordinator's house with our quality control coach, Coach Doherty, and Drew Hill, and we just hung out there and watched. So, How comforting was it to know you would be reunited with Baker Mayfield, your former longtime teammate at Oklahoma? Uh, it was good, uh, just knowing that I had someone there uh, who knew me, I knew him, uh, and knew he'd be pulling for me. Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, so, yeah, I can't complain about that. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a good, good thing to know. And last year in your first season with the Browns, you went 25 for 29 with an 86% success rate and kicked a 53-yarder for your longest kick of the season. You've kicked for so long. How can you describe the feeling of successfully nailing your first field goal in the NFL? Uh, Yeah, it was was against the Jets, I believe. Uh, It was kind of just like a relief, you know. Uh, It was a lot of pressure. Uh, At the same time, you just wait for that first one to go in. Uh, once that starts, you just get rolling, and that's what we did. So i got to just continue doing that. And much like your time at Oklahoma, you had the privilege of sharing the same field as some of the most talented players in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield. In what ways does their experience and leadership help the team elevate your overall performance? Uh, just being accountable. Um, doing your job, things like that. Uh, we're young, but we're on the up and coming, and uh, we just need to get just get rolling, um, finish some plays. Uh, there's new Coach Stefanski's implemented a lot of leadership, and uh, yeah, we just got to go out there and, and play how we can, and we'll be all right. You have one of the most important jobs of any player on the Cleveland Browns roster. Your number is called often when the game is on the line. How do you mentally prepare yourself now that you're a professional? Is there much difference from college? No, not really. I mean, it's the same mindset. Just go out there, do your job. Uh, At the end of the day, it's still a game, so you got to take that mindset out. But at the same time, you got to be dialed in and and, uh, make kicks because that is my job. So my job is to make kicks, and when I don't make kicks, I don't have a job. So... uh, yeah, you just got to go out there and perform. 
Why should the Browns fan base believe in Cleveland this year? Uh, well, I would say, why Why shouldn't they? Um, that'd be my answer to that. Why shouldn't they? This this team is obviously going to be structured differently with the new head coach and whatnot. Do you feel a, a different type of energy coming into this season than last season? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone's ready to roll, and we're ready to to prove ourselves and make a name for ourselves. Right. I bet you guys are tired of hearing the outside noise. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We all, well, we try and ignore most of it, but yeah, we just need to focus on ourselves and do what we can do. Which stadium and fan base from last season would you say gave you the most difficulty or were the most annoying? I I didn't really think any of our road games were too bad. I've been used to it for a while now. I love playing on the road personally, so I didn't really, I didn't really have any bad experiences last year on the road. With the 2020 NFL season approaching, how optimistic or confident are you that we'll have a complete season this year in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I wish I could tell you. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. That's uh, up to our government officials and and people like that uh, who are laying the law right now with with everything that's going on. I hope we can play a whole season but I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen. Right. It's just so fluid. It changes every day. Um, as a fan, I'm just hoping we have some type of season, whether it be a shortened season or if it's pushed back, whatever's best for you guys. But it's, it's going to be a weird, funky season, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Austin, I want to thank you once again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the podcast. Good luck on the upcoming NFL season. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up our interview. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Bomb City Locker Room Talk podcast and tuning in to Locker Room Hype.